So okay, we're going to do just one point today, and we already talked about this last week. So this is my conclusion of the series of this sermon, uh, discerning the gifts, and we've been talking about spiritual gifts. Uh, one of the things that I've learned this week is that, you know, um, when you look at, uh, uh, I know many of you probably uh, have, have eaten a lobster, uh, you know, uh, like, like seafood. For me, I don't, I, don't, I don't usually like those kind of food much. <laughs> lobster or crabs or, or I, I shrimp maybe, but yeah. Uh, I know some of you really love it. Have you ever wondered how, the lobs, how lobsters grow? And I learned that they grow through molting. They call it molting. Uh, you know, their outer shell, uh, begin, you know, they, they, they shed their outer shell and another set of shell comes up. And I, I believe I, what I read, it happens maybe around 20-something times in five or seven years. So maybe three, five times a year. So they molt and, they, and that's how they grow. And, you know, they shed those, that old... Uh, old uh, shell. And I think in the Christian life, there's some similarities in how we grow as Christians. There are times that you notice the sermon sometimes hurts you or offends you or, or convicts you. Or, and, and, and it is really what God is doing in your heart. He is molting you. He's removing all those shell of sin and, and sinful habits, sinful thinking, you know, things of the world in your life. And sometimes it's painful. You know, and sometimes you, you don't like it. Like, Lord, I don't want to shed this. I'm so comfortable in the shell, Lord God. I don't want to let go of this. Then, then, then God, at one point, is going to bring a trial or a circumstance that, or misery in your life so that you're going to say, God, I'm done, I'm done with this. I want to live my life according to your will. And it happens over and over in the Christian life. You notice? We go through different trials, go through circumstances, and God allows us to grow through trials and through pain sometimes. And that's where we begin to shed, you know, the patterns of sin and patterns of the world. You know, we are told by the Apostle Paul that we, in, in Romans 12 that we are to conform, not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, renewing of your hearts, renewing of your souls. Um, so in, in, the, in the topic of the gifts of the Spirit, this is something that uh, I had an idea what this was before, and maybe some of you. But I hope that you get a better understanding, a more biblical understanding of what the gifts are. Instead of based on hearsay. Because the sad thing about many of the spiritual things that churches are, are practicing or experiencing or understanding, sadly it's based on hearsay. It's not based on Bible, on the Word of God. And, and that's something I think we need to be watchful as a church. Are there anything that's based on hearsay or just chismis lang? Or it's just based on what someone said, but it's not really based on what Scripture says, especially in the aspect of spiritual gifts. And so we learned that there are a couple of things, that the spiritual gifts, their main purpose is really to glorify Christ. It's to glorify Christ. And any time that the gift does not glorify Christ, probably it's not from God. Secondly, we know that the spiritual gift allows you to effectively become Christ's body. You're able to fulfill your role, your purpose in the body of Jesus Christ. Because, you know, we cannot accomplish this task of what we call ministry without God giving us the ability to do that task. It is God who gives us the ability. And so we need spiritual gifts to do that 
purpose, accomplish that purpose. And, and some people might say the gift is just for self-edification so that I will be encouraged. That is not the purpose of the gift. Gift is not merely for selfish reasons. Even though it makes you stronger as a Christian personally, but you are not doing what exactly the gift is, was intended for. The gifts, spiritual gifts, are intended to edify, to bless, to encourage the entire church. Just like the body of Christ. You know, think of the body of Christ as the body of a human being. Can the hand just say, oh, I'm just going to serve myself. I don't want to put my, my I don't want to serve my face. I don't want to serve whatever. So you're going to be, you're not going to be able to do anything if your hand chooses not to do anything. And just do serve himself. I need my hand to scratch my, my head, right? I need my hand to touch my face. Oh, we should not do that now. <laughs> Because of all this, don't worry too much about. I know this coronavirus thing that's going on. I just watched something last night, and it's a bit, you know, it's something that you 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 you, you become more concerned about when you watch the news. But I know God. We're gonna ask God to keep on protecting us, I, and this is bound to happen. We're not surprised as Christians. I hope you're not surprised with coronavirus, right? I hope you're not surprised. We are, we, are, we are already warned that in the last days, things like this are going to happen. And not only things like this is going to happen, it's going to happen more and more and more in an increasing manner until the coming of Christ. So, so we should not be surprised. And for us Christians, our faith, our confidence in our health, our life is in Christ. So he determines the number of days. So let's just, let's just entrust everything to him. The Lord protect our church Protect every member of this church. Whenever we go out, wherever we are, protect us, Lord. And, of course, you need to wash your, wash your hands as well. <laughs> and, and the third thing, which we're going to talk about today, is that spiritual gifts is manifested through your ministry. It's manifested through your role in the body of Jesus Christ. That's how the spiritual gifts gets manifested or gets exposed. It is revealed uh, through the ministry that God is going to give you or, or the, the role. When we say ministry, basically it is your role in the body of Jesus Christ. Like whether you're a hand or you're a feet or you're a heart or you're an eye or an ear. Once you, one, when you have a role in the body of Christ, that's your ministry uh, your, your, the spiritual gifts gets exposed. It is manifested. And, and let me just read the passage that Renel read earlier. And, and we're going to go through this afterwards. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So it's talking about humility here. That within the church, we should not consider someone better than yourself or your gift is better than this other person. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. So each one of us, we're given a role and we need each other. And for me, for instance, I gave you an example of Ariel and my siblings. I could never do this task if Ariel was not there or Irwin and Anne were not there at the beginning. I could not fulfill my role as a pastor. I need them. And, we, I, and they need me as well. So that's how the body works. It's not that I am better than Ariel because I need him as well. There's this 
just like your body, you cannot say, I don't need my hand. Okay, hand, do, just do whatever you want. No, each part of our body is important. Even we say, your heart is the most, impo most important thing, but if your hand and your mouth is not going to do their work, you're going to die because you're not going to be able to eat. So every part of the body is important. Each one of you in this church is important. There's no appendix here that's, that science is saying is useless. Even the appendix, there's a purpose there. Probably science doesn't, know, doesn't only know what it is. So, and Paul goes on to say, for us in one body, we have many members, and members do not all have the same function. So you notice it in the church, not all, none of us have the same function. We have unique roles and purpose in this church. Even if you're all in the Sunday school team, each of you have a unique role in there. Even if you're all in the worship team, you all have different roles, unique roles. Even in the food ministry, you all have different roles. And, and we work together. And that makes us effective as, as, as a body of Jesus Christ. And so we, though many, are one in, body of, one in Christ and individually members of one another. Remember, we are part of one, uh, members of one another as well. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion of your faith. If service, in our serving. If one teaches, in his teaching. In one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. In one who leads, with zeal. In the one who acts, in one who does acts of mercy, in cheerfulness. So it's talking about the gift resulting into a ministry. Amen? Meaning, meaning God gives us gifts so that it will result into what we call ministry. Remember that, that in, in, in Corinthians 12, we are told that we are given gifts, and, and out of that gifts comes a ministry, and out of that ministry comes the effect. And the gifts come from the Holy Spirit. The ministry is appointed by Christ. The effect is accomplished by God. That's a pattern we found in, in, in our previous week, uh, week's discussion or message. That, that the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, and the, and the God the Father have diff, different roles in here and, and different kinds of work in each of us. But this last point, I want to answer this question, and I, I know you might be asking this question as well. How do, how do I know the gifts that I have? How do I know the kinds of gifts that I have as Christian? If, if each of us has a spiritual gift or multiple gifts within us, God has given us, how do I know what are those gifts? Some of you might be praying and might pray and say, and say, God, uh, I want to know the gifts, Lord. Let me know, Lord. Reveal your gifts to me by your Holy Spirit. You might pray like this. I can tell you, most likely, God is not going to answer that prayer. If you're going to ask God that way, Lord, Show to me your gifts, Lord, the gifts that you've given to me, revealed to me. Let me show you why. Let me show you why. Let's go to the fruit of the Spirit first so that you'll understand. In, in Galatians 5, 520-23, we're told that these are the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, uh, Self-control against such things, there is no law. Now, now, we know that the fruit of the Spirit is pretty much the character of Christ, right? It is His character. It is the character of the Holy Spirit as well. And we are manifesting that character because Christ is in us through the Holy Spirit, right? So we, we as Christians, we also have the character of Christ. But this, 
this specific aspects of the character of Christ, his joy, his gentleness, it takes time to grow. That is why in the Christian life, it's a lifelong process of growth because each of this takes time to grow. And God allows different kinds of things in your life. You learn something from the word of God. God brings about a trial, a circumstance. Maybe someone else encourages you to allow growth in each of these aspects, in each of these characters. Maybe patience requires some experience for you to learn patience. Maybe kindness. God will bring someone along in your life and allows you to grow in kindness. You know, so... Have you ever found yourself asking God, Lord God, am I a good person, Lord? <laughs> Have you ever asked that, did that? Or you're going to say, Lord, am I a patient person, Lord? Or am I a kind person, oh God? Is it the right thing to do that? Maybe, maybe not. But, but you know what God will do, most likely? He will not tell you, open, open Exodus chapter 4, verse something. And I'm going to tell you there, what kind of person are you? <laughs> Chances are God will not do that, right? That's not how God answers, answers that, kind, that kind of prayer. Um, and how does God answer that, that, that kind of prayer? You will not hear God say, I'm going to use Carlo again as an example. You will not hear God say, Carlo, you are a gentle person, Carlo. Most likely, you will not hear God say those words. But here's what God will do instead. Someone will come along in, in your workplace, and he will, that person will be hard to work with, and he will test your gentleness. Or a family member will come along and will test, put your patience to the test. This is what God will do when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. He will not just, he will not, you will not just read something from the Bible or, or someone, will just, someone will not just tell you something about it. God will allow a circumstance to reveal each of this character in your life. Maybe there was a problem in the workplace and you ended up working late and that will test also, God will, 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 that will test your faithfulness and your self-control. And, and, and it's going to test whether you're still going to do your prayer time or devotional time even though you slept late it's going to test your faithfulness and when you pass those tests when when someone comes along and you learn to be patient that's when you realize oh lord thank you i'm learning to be patient <laughs> and when someone is very hard to work in the office and, and you learn to be gentle that's when you realize oh lord thank you i think i'm learning to be more gentle now you know this god doesn't give you a list again he doesn't just give you, say, oh, these are your, these are your, your the, fruit, uh, the fruit that you have. These are the character traits that you're strong, and these are the character traits that you're weak. What he's going to do is going to put you in different circumstances for you to find out yourself who you are, who you really are, and where your heart is. And this is shown clearly in David's passage here in Psalm 139. This is what this passage means actually this passage says search me O god and know my heart try me and know my thoughts you notice the word there try me and see if there's any grievous way in me or wicked way or sinful way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting you know david saying here search me O god and know my thoughts is david thinking that god doesn't know his thoughts 
Obviously, God knows David's thoughts. It doesn't take a millisecond for God to figure out what David's heart is or, or what David's thoughts is. It doesn't take God that long. So why is David asking God to search him and know his heart? For God knows David's heart already from the beginning. So this is telling us something different. What this is telling us is where David is asking God, like that second statement there, test me and see if there's any wicked way in me. What God is saying, what David is saying here, Lord God, expose my heart to me. Expose my sin to me. Let me see who am I. Where am I? What's going on in my heart? Let me see this, Lord God. Reveal my heart to myself. Why? So that I may repent. So that I will change my ways. So that I will walk in a way that's everlasting. That's God-honoring, God-pleasing. Because here's the problem for many Christians. We don't know our own sins sometimes. We deceive ourselves. We think we are okay. We think we're walking according to the will of God, but we're not. And the problem is we don't know. We don't know if we are gentle. We don't know if we are kind. You agree to that? Many times you just find out someone was already hurt. Or, or you'll, just, you'll just find out that someone is now your enemy. <laughs> because you didn't know that you behave in a way that's dishonoring God. And so we don't know. That's why we need to pray this prayer. David is praying, Lord, reveal my heart to myself. Show me, O oh God, who am I? And once you know who you are and what your condition of your heart before God, I hope your response is, Lord, lead me in a way that's everlasting. Help me to do what is right, to change my ways. In fact, the Bible uses the word repent. Repent is simply saying, God, I think this is wrong. I'm going to do something different. Think, God, this is something I should not be doing. Okay, I'm not going to do it. That is repentance. Some people think of repentance as someone crying, Lord, forgive me for my sins. That is not repentance. That is remorse. God is not after remorse. And a lot of people, they just stay at remorse. They cry. They, 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 they with tears and things like that. That is not what God is looking for. Yes, you can cry if you want to. But that is not what God wants from us. It's not just crying and crying, Lord, forgive me for my sins. He wants more. What he wants is repentance, not remorse. Even if you don't cry for your sin, but you make a decision that, Lord, God, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to follow you. God is pleased with that. You might be crying, Lord, forgive me for my sin, but the next moment you're still going to do it. God will not be pleased with that. No matter how much tears you shed, no matter, no matter how much crying you do, God is not impressed with that. What God looks from us is repentance. Choosing to not do sin and choosing what is right. And what you notice is, in relation to the gifts, the fruit of the Spirit, we can say now, I hope you are now, you are now on the, we're now on the same page here, the fruit of the Spirit is manifested, it is exposed through situations in life, through your relationship with other people. You know this? 
The fruit of the Spirit is being exposed as you relate with other people, as you relate with your family, as you relate with other Christians. That's how the fruit of the Spirit is being exposed. That is how gentleness is being exposed. When you learn to be gentle with someone or, or not gentle with someone, it's being exposed when, when I learn to be patient with Rella. And it, it's being exposed when you learn to be patient with your own grandkids. Right, Pate? Or being gentle with someone at, in the office where you really dislike. You notice? It's being exposed in your relationships, in how you relate with people. That's why a Christian cannot really be, cannot grow if he decides to isolate himself and stay away from people. That's why I'm not a fan of those monks and everything. In fact, that's not biblical. Because that practice is not something we should be doing as Christians where you monk and you isolate yourself and stay away from people, how can you grow? Because you're, none, of your, none of this fruit can be tested when you're alone. It's going to be tested in the real world when you spend time with people, with family, with brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know, it cannot be tested also when you go to the church and listen to a sermon, sing a few songs, then go home. Can it be tested that way? No. How can it be tested if all you do in church is just listen to the sermon, sing a few songs, then go home? How can it be tested? No way. The only way for it to be tested is when you know all those people, hang out with all those people, spend time with all those people, have Bible study with those people, eat dinner with those people, and help one another, care for one another, play bowling with one another. That's a good place to test the fruit, right? Yeah, bowling. <laughs> Uh, patience there as well or gentleness with your words of course make sure <laughs> you know this can be it's tested in the real life and that's where you know oh no I am not gentle I said this thing to David forgive me Lord I figure out I'm not gentle and I, 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 young adults know this <laughs> Carlos smiling <laughs> exactly it's being tested when you begin to spend time with people for instance, when someone in your family begins, begins yelling for no reason and you remain patient and gentle and you re respond in kindness, the fruit of the Spirit is being exposed now and saying, oh Lord, thank you Lord, now I learned to be, I'm now more gentle than before. Even though my family member was yelling and shouting, I learned to be kind in my response. Maybe someone in your workplace that really caused you to be angry. And, and you just decided, Lord, I'm going to work with him. I'm going to give in to this anger. You become, you understand better. Your mind, you, your heart, you know, sees the biggest, bigger picture. You're more concerned about loving the person, understanding the person, than just giving in to your emotions. Because, you know, sin, when you start to just give in to your emotions, that's where sin comes in. Uh, we are commanded to exercise self-control, right? Not based on emotions, but based on the truth of the word of God. So when you learn to, to experience patience, peace, gentleness, you, you realize, Lord, I have grown, Lord God. I hope you identify with all the, everything I've said so far. I hope you, you understand this, okay? Because now we're going to go, this will help you understand better the gifts of the spirit. 
So just as the fruit of the Spirit is being disclosed in our relationships, whether family, friends, or, or especially the church, through trials, through difficulties, through tests, through hardships sometimes, the spiritual gifts, by the way, is also disclosed through our relationships with other people, especially within the church. Don't you expose that's where it's being exposed, to your relationship with your family and everyone that God brings to your life. That's how the gifts of the Spirit are being exposed. We can say that it is through our, and how do you relate with other Christians in the church? It is through our, what we call, ministry. It's through what we call ministry. And so we can say that the spiritual gifts are being made manifest, exposed, disclosed through our ministry. Don't lumalabas yan. Nandun mo nakikita. You know, John Maxwell, I, I, I like this guy. I've read many of his books. He's a, he's a leadership mentor and a pastor as well. He said, how do you know if a person is a leader? Um, if someone is following him, <laughs> that's how you know. But if no one is following him, he said, he's just taking a walk. <laughs> you know, you cannot say that I'm a leader or I'm a pastor or I'm a... I'm a I'm a, let's say I'm, I'm a teacher. But if there's no evidence of that in your life, then it's probably not there. If you're a teacher, you should be teaching. <laughs> if you're a pastor, you should be pastoring, right? If you are servant, then, then you, if you have the gift of service, then you should be serving. So the ministry is evidence of the gift. The gifts are being exposed. And, and let me just do a side comment. Uh, let me do a side comment here. Then we'll go back to the main, com- main point. Every Christian has a gift. Every Christian has a spiritual gift. It was allocated to you, it was apportioned to you by the Holy Spirit when you surrendered your life to Christ, when the Holy Spirit came into your life, when he indwells into your life. And, and, and so, in fact, we are in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm, I'm not going to show you this passage anymore. I don't know if it's there. But in 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says that we are to desire the greater gifts. And what are, the great, what are the greater gifts? The greater gifts are the gifts that, that, that edifies the church, that encourages the church. And I, I think, uh, let's see if I had it here. Okay. Are you sure? Oh, no. Okay, I don't have it there. Okay. So, so we are to desire the greater gifts. And in 1 Corinthians 14.3, we are told what, are, what, is an ex, what, is, what is this greater gift. For instance, prophecy. The purpose of prophecy is to build up, strengthen, encourage, and comfort the church. So those are the kinds of gifts that we are to desire. If, if a gift is only to bless you alone, then probably that's not a greater gift. But if the gift is going to bless more people in the church, then that is what the greater gift is. Builds up the church, strengthens the church, encourages the church, comforts the church. However, even though we can desire and ask God, Lord, give me those greater gifts. It, it's ultimately the Spirit who determines what kind of gifts you're going to get. You cannot force the hand of God and say, I want this kind of gift, Lord. It's similar to many other things in life, right? When you pray for something, even though you ask God for this thing, what ends up happening is the will of God. What ends up happening is what God really wants to give you. Same thing with anything, right? That's why this passage, I want to show you this. My dad, one of my favorite, my dad's favorite verse. He likes the living translation 
version, man proposes, God disposes. That's the living, living translation. Uh, but it says there, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but the purpose of the Lord, that will stand. So you might end up asking God for different kinds of things. You, have, you might have your own plans for your life. But in the end, what matters in the end is that it is God's purpose that will stand. I hope you understand that. Uh, it's a very important verse to remember. So, so when it comes to spiritual gifts, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, we saw the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. So we see different kinds of gifts. But the Bible tells us that no one in the church, there's a diverse gift, so not everyone should be prophesying. Not everyone should be speaking in tongues. Not everyone should, be, should have the gift of healing because God gives a diversity of gifts. That's very clear in Scripture. And sadly, in some, in some circles, it is expected that everyone have the same kinds of gifts. Like the gift of tongues is very common in many churches. And, and, and it, there's an expectation that everyone should, give, should speak, the, speak, of, speak the gift of tongues. But here's the problem. Scripture doesn't encourage that. So it's based on pure hearsay. Because what the Bible says, there should be a diversity of gifts within the church. A diversity of gifts. And so how do I know my gifts? How do I know my gifts? You know, I, I, I came across a few things. One is, you know, back then there were, there were some pastors who wrote uh, a material. In fact, there's a lot of this today. Uh, not a whole lot, but there's some, 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 some where they give you a, an evaluation sheet and you're going to answer so you're going you're gonna to check certain things on that evaluation. And based on that, uh, that, the checklist, you can know what your gift is. And I have one at home. And as you check and check and say, and in the end, you, you tally the score. And, and eventually you'll know, okay, my gift is uh, prophecy or my gift is, uh, is uh, hospitality or, 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 or service or something based on the checklist. You know, I think there might, there might, this might help to some degree. If you have, you have something like that so that I can know the gift based on a checklist. Some, some other people, they would do something like a spiritual event in the weekend. And they would say, oh, I want to determine our, this weekend we're going to determine our gifts. And, 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 you know, make this gift work or activate these gifts or expose the gifts during this weekend event. And some kind of a spiritual event. But let me tell you, both of this, you don't find this in the book of Acts. You don't find this in the writings of the apostles. Not one of these two. Not even a single hint of this. So I think this is not really what the Bible wants us to do. Because if, it, if, if there's something like a checklist, that should be in Scripture, right? There should be a checklist that can tell me, okay, these are the gifts. Or if there's an event, there should be a step-by-step -step process that should be defined in Scripture as to how do I know my gifts. But it's not there. It's not there. So it's not, I don't think it's a biblical way to really figure out, you know, what the gifts are. So how do I know my gifts? How do I know my gifts? What do we find in Scripture? What do we find in Scripture? I'm going to give you the example from the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to end in this. 
when Paul was called by God, what did Paul do at the moment of his calling? First of all, Paul, you know, he was a murderer of Christians. What did God do? What did God say to Paul when, he, when God called Paul to his ministry? Paul, God clearly said to Paul, Paul, you're going to be the apostle of the Gentiles. Apostle to the Gentiles. Amen? Understand? We agree to that. That was the calling. And what happened to Paul? After he, he became a believer, he submitted to, God's, uh, to, to Christ, rendered his life to Christ, and his calling as an apostle to the Gentile in a matter of days. Just in a matter of days. What was Paul doing? He started preaching. He started preaching right away. In just a matter of days after his conversion. He started preaching. Was there a point in Paul's life where he said, Lord, um, you're calling me to be apostle of a Gentile. Uh, do I really have that gift of preaching, Lord? Do I really have that gift of prophecy, Lord? Do I really have the gift of wisdom? Lord, I need to know what the gift that you give me, Lord, so that I can do that work. None of that. None of that. All Paul did was, Paul, you're going to be an apostle, the Gentile, to preach the word among Gentiles. God, I'm going to obey. That's it. That's it. Just obey. But what you notice in behind the scenes, when God brought Paul to salvation and sent the Spirit into his heart, God gave him those abilities within him. That's why when God told him that you're going to be the apostle to the Gentiles, he was able to preach right away because those abilities were given. And this is already true for each of you. You already have the gift in you. And God is going to call you eventually to a ministry where you will use those abilities and gifts. Even before I became a pastor, I find myself preaching alone in, the, in my car. I have the desire to preach, but I didn't know how to use it. I'm just, why do I like to preach? And I would, I would even record myself. So what's going on here? I'm driving to office one time, I would just turn on. I, I actually bought a, a Sony, like you know, those recorders that can record for, for 24 hours because my iPhone would not gonna be able to do that. <laughs> and I would have that. And I don't know what's going on here. But now, I realize, wow, there was already the gift to begin with. And when the ministry came along, came along as a pastor, that's when I see, wow, this was God's plan. And I didn't realize that I, God has given me these gifts. And I, I believe that I have the gift of preaching. <laughs> I believe I have the gift of knowledge or, or, or wisdom. So the gifts are being exposed as you serve. And you're going to ask, Al, oh, what are you saying? Do you have any evidence of this from Scripture? Can you back what you're saying? Can you back up with Scripture? It is the passage that I have in your notes. This is exactly what this passage is saying. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He gives you both the desires. He gives you the desires. He gives you the heart. That is, where, that is where the fruit of the Spirit comes in. These are the desires of Christ. These are the heart. This is the heart of Christ. The character of Christ. He will give it to you for you to be able to do to work for his good pleasure. Meaning talking about your ministry. Your God's role for you in the body of Christ. He gives you these desires. But not only the desires. He says to work. He will give you the ability to do it. And that is the gifts. It is God who gives both of this 
for you to be able to accomplish your ministry. This is one of those passages that's self-contained. You know, a lot of passages in the Bible, you have to read the context to figure out. But this one, on its own, as Randy would say it, self-explanatory. <laughs> self, you can understand clearly. It is God who gives you both the will, the willingness, the desire, the longing to do the will, His work. At the same time, He will give you the ability. So your concern really is not, Lord, what is my gift or what is that? What, what abilities do you give me? That's not your biggest concern. Your biggest concern is simply, if there's an, a need for you to obey on something, just obey. If there's a ministry opportunity that gives, God is going to give you, just obey. No questions asked. Lord, I'm going to obey, Lord. I'm going to do it, Lord. And don't question God whether, Lord, can I do this, Lord? Do I have the gift, Lord? Because that's God's job. That's his responsibility to give you what you need, whether a desire or the ability. That works behind the scenes. And so, in closing, how do I know my gift? Then serve in a ministry. Serve a ministry. For me, I didn't know that I had the gift of wisdom or knowledge because now when I prepare my sermon, I, everything just comes together like all... Verse would come up, a verse would come up, verse would come up, a verse. Like all these verses that I have you here, it just comes out from out of memory. It's not even, I do read a lot of books, so let me tell you that I do read lots of books. Sometimes I call my, I tell Rella I'm multi-core. I am multi-core in my table because I have three notes, or four notes, and I have four books there. Because my way, I, I'm trying to find out how to be more efficient and read multiple things at the same time. And, 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 and I have a filing drawer where I group different topics. And, and so I would, oh, I read one book and I read, I, I find four different topics on the spirit, on revelation, and in just one book. So I would write these notes on revelation. Oh, that's a topic on, on the gifts. I would write it here. Then when I go to the next book, oh, this is, goes here. Oh, this goes here. So I'm able to categorize different topics. So when I go prepare for sermon, I would just look, okay, what are the notes I had for all the spiritual gifts and so I would, I would tell Rella, oh, this, is, this is called multi-core Bible study. <laughs> but, um, but some of you, you have your own style. That's my style. <laughs> and sometimes also from, you know, online sermons from other pastors. So, and that's a blessing for me because it helps me, be, you know, get more information quickly. But in the end, when I prepare my sermon... I don't usually rely on those things. I would end up just writing the sermon all the way through. And those things that I've read, things that I memorized in the past, learned in the past, it just, just comes together. And even when I take a break and I go to the bathroom, oh, a verse would come in, go back again. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's so amazing. I'm just amazed at this whole thing happening. And it's, it's, not, it's not a strain. It's not something that I, it's so hard, this is so hard. It's just... God's just blessing everything. And so that's true for you. When God gives you the gift, it is his strength, not your strength. It, is, it brings you joy to do it. I don't preach here because I'm forced. I don't do this because out of, I have to preach this today. I don't even have a hint of that. I don't have even a single feeling that I have to preach or the feeling of I have to do this. It's, it's a joy. You know, you're excited to do it. And so here's the thing. How do you discern your gifts? First, there must be an awareness of the need 
and your ability to meet that need. There has to be an awareness of a need and the ability to meet that need. Meaning, meaning you notice in your heart, is there a desire in your heart to teach? And, 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 and is there a need that you're seeing that you feel in your heart, I like, I can do this, I can help, I can help with this. Then maybe your gift is teaching. And secondly, you find out that there is a burden and motivation to use that ability within you. There's this sense in you, I want to be supporting this ministry and I want to use this gift, this, this, this gift that God has given me. I know I can do this because I, I know God has given me this ability. And, and the thing is, not only that God is going to give you the motivation and the desire, He will also give you the opportunity. He will give you the opportunity. That's why when a ministry opportunity comes up, it is God telling you, obey me. Because God never gives a suggestion. I hope you understand that. God is not a God who gives a suggestion. Once he exposes to you a need, it means that he's saying, obey me. Follow me. This is what I want you to do. Because you will not see that need until God allows you. Right? You will not see that need until God allows you. But So once so you find out that there's a need that I know I can... My, I have the ability, I know God has given me the ability and I have the desire and there's a ministry that has a need. It's, it's a perfect storm, right? You're there, right moment, and all you just have to do is just obey. And another thing you find out also that there is joy and delight. There is joy and delight in doing whatever God is calling you to do. Even though it's going to be difficult, even though there's going to be challenges, struggle, difficulties. Being a pastor, there's a lot of challenges. But it's still a delight. Because it's, it's bad if you're doing ministry and you're just forcing yourself. That's not a good situation. That's not probably your ministry if you're just doing it because Pastor Al told you to do it or, or Teacher Rella just assigned you to it and you're like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know. And lastly, remember God takes care of the effect. If God really called you for that ministry and God has given you gifts, certain gifts for that ministry, that the effect is going to be there. It's going to bless people, encourage people, brings unity to the church, brings spiritual growth. The effect is there. It's, you, know, right? you will know. It's evidenced by the fruit of your ministry. It ties in with our introduction earlier. So, as you do ministry... I'm going to give you a few examples like Ateloid and Arma. They're in the, in the food and meals ministry. They're in that ministry because they desire to do it. I hope that's their desire. I know Ateloid loves to do this. It's her joy. And Arma, they love to cook and they love to bring delight to us and enjoying our meal. And they have a gift of hospitality. They have a gift of service. Because for them to do this out of joy, you... I cannot do that. If you let me cook every Sunday, I will not survive. I don't even cook for myself. So, so much more cook for someone. I, there are some few things I like to cook, like, like spaghetti and egg <laughs> and, and pancit, of course. Huh? <laughs> but, but cooking for me, is a, it's, it's a torture. Like Rel and I at home, we're not the cooking kind of people. So we look at each other, luluto pa we're always struggling with that. So what Rella did recently, I like her idea. He orders a big bandejado ng, 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 ng chop suey from someone up north. And we have food for the next five days. 
Chop suey. <laughs> okay lang kay gulay naman. Hindi naman kan. Last week, uh, I think for a couple of days, we had we had a uh, pakbet. Morning, noon, night. Next day, morning, noon, night. <laughs> you, you, you know the inside thing. Because we're like, we're always uh, no time for cooking. So, you know, some of you could be teaching. And teaching requires gift of knowledge, gift of wisdom, because you need to, children especially, Joy is here. Children require certain kind of wisdom to talk to them. You, I think I have that gift with children. I can, I, can, I can connect with children very well. But it takes a certain kind of gift to talk with children. And some of you don't even want, want for a second to be a teacher of children. You're not the perfect, that's not your gift, <laughs> obviously. Some of you have a gift of giving. You just find joy in giving. You know, some people, they, they just give because, you know, I have to give my tithes and offering. But there are people like... <clears throat> I find joy. This is, this is my purpose. This is my purpose. You see, different people, not everyone is like that. Obviously. And, and also some of you have the gift of maybe service or encouragement. Like, you know, the music team, it's a gift of encouragement. And so I hope you have a, now a better view on what the gift is and how it works. The only thing that I probably can say before my prayer is, when God reveals a need, there's a ministry that God is opening up for you. And you know that you're the one. God is calling you in that ministry. And, and you have the desire. Then obey. Just obey. Because there's tremendous blessing. I, like John was saying earlier with me that, that people who, don't, who are not involved in ministry in church, they miss out on many blessings. There's so much blessing in being involved in ministry. So much. So much. The joy, purpose, wholeness, uh, fulfillment. Let us pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for reminding us through your word, Lord. Reminding us, Lord, that uh, we are your body, Lord, and all of us belong to this body, Lord. Lord, help us to be an obedient servant, obedient child in your kingdom, Lord. That when we see a need, Lord, when we see a ministry that has, uh, that you know, we know in our heart that this is your purpose for us. This is what you called us to do. Oh, Lord, help us to be like the Apostle Paul. He just went on run with it, Lord God, and fulfilled his purpose in the body of Christ. And I believe, Lord, each one here has a ministry. And, and I'm going to ask this challenge, this to each of you. If, I know most of you probably are involved already. But I want you to make this commitment that if God leads you to a ministry and if there's a ministry that's already uh, ongoing, I want you to make that commitment to serve him and to fulfill that ministry with all your heart, with joy, with excellence. And I want you to rise up. If that is, I want you to stand up and say, Lord, Lord, I'm going to commit, Lord, to serve you in this ministry, Lord, with all my heart, to do my best. If you're in the ministry, then I encourage you to do it. And I want you to stand up. Stand up. And if that's what, is that, if that's, that's something in your heart. Because God wants us to do our best in everything we do. Not half-hearted. He wants us, wants us to be whole-hearted in our ministry. So make that commitment to the Lord. Lord, Lord, I give my heart, Lord, to do what you called me to do, Lord God, in the body of Christ. 
Lord, help me to do this ministry with all my heart, O God. Lord, for I know that you bless, you will bless this ministry, Lord, because, Lord, what you seek is a heart that's wholehearted, and you will give me, Lord God, the abilities, the wisdom, the strength to do this, Lord. And if there's some here who's not involved in some kind of ministry, Lord, I want you to, if, if it's your desire to, to commit to that ministry, I want you to stand as well and ask God, Lord, whatever you're going to reveal to me, Lord, I'm going to obey, Lord. I'm going to follow you, Lord God. And there's tremendous blessing in obeying the Lord. Tremendous blessing. It, it might not be material blessing. It might not be more money in your bank account. But there's so much more than just, it's so much more than just material blessing. We're talking about spiritual blessings in Christ. The peace, the joy, the purpose. Being able to impact the lives of other Christians. One of the most amazing blessing for a Christian is to be able to encourage other believers in the faith. That, that other believers will come to know you better, Lord, through my life. That other believers, Lord, will, will, will love you more through my life and through my testimony and through the ministry that I'm doing. Whether it's children or, or, or youth or young adults or even older people. Lord God, Lord, I ask you, that, Lord God, that you encourage this church. Lord, to use their gifts, O oh God, in whatever ministry that you've led them, O oh God, to do, Lord. And help them to do with excellence, Lord. With diligence, O oh God. Lord, doing with all their heart, O oh God. Cheerful heart, O oh God. Lord, not in a grudging manner or not because they have to do it or are forced to do it. But Lord, it is out of joy, O oh God. And it's so, there's so much freedom, there's so much excitement when we do things, O oh God. And just obeying you and following your will. And maybe some of you are not experiencing the fullness of joy in the Christian life because you are only thinking of yourself probably. And your concern is just your own needs. Start to think about others. Giving your life for others. Because there's so much joy in, that, in doing something like this. So much joy. And there's more things that God wants to show us and wants to do through us and through our church. Lord, I ask your blessing upon this coming weeks, oh God, as we prepare for, for, for a Resurrection Sunday, Lord. Lord, I pray that all of us will be able to invite people, Lord God, that, that Sunday, Lord. And Lord, I pray for the gospel that will be presented that day. That Lord, who, those who are there, our guests, those who are unbelievers among us, will surrender their life to you, Lord Jesus. Bless us that day, Lord. We want to see people's souls come to you and surrender their life to you as their Lord and Savior. We want to see that happen because, Lord, there's so much rejoicing in the church when that happens. And, and also there's so much rejoicing in heaven among the angels when a soul turns to you, Lord Jesus. So we want to see that happen in this church in this coming Resurrection Sunday. Lord, I ask your blessing also as I preach, Lord, on, on prayer next Sunday in the next three weeks and Revelation starting uh, in April 12, Lord, that Lord bless the preparation and all the things that needs to be done. Lord, it's, these are two topics, Lord, that's, that, that's, that's so intense, oh God, and there's so much things to, to prepare and learn and present, Lord. And I do pray that it will be a blessing to everyone as you talk about prayer, oh God, and, and the book of Revelation, oh God. Uh, Lord, because you said in your word that those who read the words of the prophecy, oh God, there's blessing, Lord, in that as well, Lord. And I want this church to be all the more blessed by you, Lord God, even as we study Revelation, Lord. I ask also blessing upon Renel, Lord, as he preaches this coming uh, April uh, 
5, O oh God. Uh, on Sunday, on the youth Sunday, Lord God, speak through him. Uh, make him a blessing uh, to the church, especially to the young people and the, and the youth, Lord. Oh God, use him, Lord. And Lord, I ask your protection also upon my brothers and sisters. There's so much concern about the virus that's going on around the world now, Lord. But Lord, we can always sing, Lord, that my life is in your hands. Our life is in your hands. And I praise you all of my days, oh God. Lord, that we will just continue to praise and honor you in spite of the issues that's going on around the world, Lord. That we will not fear. That we will not, Lord God, hide or cower, O oh God, or, or Lord, lose hope, O oh God. Lord, I also pray, Lord, for those who are affected, Lord God, that you bring healing. And Lord, make a way for the governments and, and the people, medical field, who is trying to find a solution, Lord. Maybe a vaccine, Lord, or something, Lord, to, to, to stop the spread, Lord. Lord, guide them. Grant them your wisdom, Lord, because it is going to be a blessing, not just for the world, but for us as well, Lord God. So we ask this, Lord God from you to, to intervene, O oh God, in this situation. O oh God, that this fear that's going on around the world, Lord God, will be dispelled, O oh God. And Lord, I ask your blessing as we move, as we uh, um, separate again for, for a couple of days, O oh God. Lord, allow us to meet again next week, Lord. And Lord, empower us to do your will this week, to obey in every circumstance. Grant us your wisdom and knowledge in every challenge that we're going to face, every decision we're going to make, whether it's workplace, oh God, or at home, oh God. Grant us your wisdom, Lord, that, that in everything we do, we glorify Christ, we honor Christ. And that also, Lord, you said, Lord, that, that your that obedience to you, your purpose is for our good as well, Lord. So we want to experience your goodness, oh God in everything that we experience. Bless our fellowship and our meal, O oh God, and bless the, uh, our, our time together, Lord, that it will be a loving experience. Even everyone who's first time here, they will experience the love of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, in our midst, Lord. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Bless every life group that's going to meet, every Bible study, one-on-one, -on -one, this discipleship, the Lord. Be in that inner midst, oh God, in every gathering we have in this church. And thank you, Lord, also for those who, who devoted time in prayer uh, last Saturday, last night, Lord. There were almost 20 people, around 20 people. Such a blessing, Lord, for people to just pray for the church. Oh God, help us to be faithful on this, that we will do this every Saturday, Lord. And I pray that there are people who's going to come on Saturday evening at 6, Lord, to, to, to just pray. Lord, thank you, Jesus. All glory and praise be to you. Amen. Amen.